Welcome to the STEM Everyday Podcast. Each episode features educators sharing their practical ideas to put more science, technology, engineering, and math into every classroom every day. For show notes and more information, visit dailystem.com. Here's your host, Chris Woods. Well, I'm so excited that today on the STEM Everyday Podcast, we have Miriam Tosino. She is from the Netherlands, uh, currently in Spain. She recently wrote a couple of books and she's got a bunch more coming out in the next couple of years. And they're really all about trying to make STEM, those geeky, those things that, that we know we need to teach kids, trying to make it practical and, and have some emotional connection with the students uh, and kids in our classrooms and in our families. So uh, first of all, welcome to the show today, Miriam. Thank you so much, Chris, for having me today. This is exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to be able to, to chat with you here, you know, across the continent. First of all, I want to make sure that everybody knows Miriam's website is zerusandona.com. That's Z-E-R-U-S and O-N-A. And of course, those will be in the show notes as well. And you're going to find out later, she might even have a free gift for you, but we won't talk about that yet. But uh, just tell us a little bit, Miriam, about how you got into, into these STEM kind of things and writing some books. So... I can take it all the way back when I was a little girl. <laughs> I think it like probably probably like a lot of us, right? Probably. I think we, yeah, a lot of us, I think, uh, have that background somehow connected to what we are doing right now because, mm-hmm. well, I haven't always been this passionate about computers. So my dad always wanted me to go into computer science and uh, he le- he used to say, Miriam is the future, is the future. <laughs> but I didn't listen. <laughs> so <laughs> I, as a kid, I thought that computers were gray and boring and I completely missed the point. Now I look back and I said, yes, dad, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, instead, I went to college and I studied architecture. Okay. And, well, that's, uh, that's still pretty exciting and, and very STEM kind of. I think so. And maybe later we can talk about that as well, about the connection between architecture and STEM, if you Yeah, definitely. But it wasn't until I was 30 that I started to get interested in tech and mm-hmm. I taught myself how to code. Wow. And I discovered that working with computers could be something fun and full of creativity. And that allowed me to help people, to help other people around me, right? Which were mm-hmm. actually the things that drew me to... Um, architecture in the first Mm -hmm. place so ever since I've worked as a software developer and also a programming teacher not kids like most of your guests here in Mm -hmm. the show but I helped hundreds of grown-ups students to change their careers into tech as I did myself that's awesome and uh, three years ago when I had my son I started thinking about how I'd like to introduce him into the world of computers and how I could bring some of the elements that I used in my classes into people's homes and help other people start talking about technology with their children. So one night, together with my husband, who is a game programmer, we started saying, wouldn't it be cool if we're writing stories happening inside a computer about Mm -hmm. how computers do math or graphics or how the internet works? Mm -hmm. And uh, what if they were told by a zero and a one and they could live in the binary world? Wow. that's how Therus and Ona were born, a zero and a one. They are the two main characters of a picture book series, and uh, they live inside your computer, Chris. That's that's awesome. So now it finally makes sense to me. The Zerus and the Ona are zero and one. That's, that's so cool. 
There you go. There you go. Yeah, there is zero and a one together with many others that appear in the picture book series. Right. And, and, and even though I, you know, looked at them and, and um, seen the pictures of it and, you know, kind of looked through them a little bit and stuff, it, I didn't make that connection. But but how cool is that? And so the first one came out in October of 2019. The second one in November of 2020. Uh, and and you're gonna have a total of about seven of them by the end of uh, 2022. Um, mm-hmm. Just maybe just talk us through what are, what are some of the, the topics already in a couple of the books uh, because I know a lot of educators. What are those great books that I can get for my kids in my classroom? What are those great books that I can encourage parents to get for uh, their kids at home? So, wh- what are some of the topics in in some of these yeah. books, Miriam? Well, the the image that I had when I started working in in these picture books before I go into the topics was like, how can I get parents and kids talking about technology in bed? Yeah, that was my image. That was my image because we normally, when they are little, you know, we read a lot about animals. We read a lot about books mm-hmm. that help them understand the world around them. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like. There's a lot about animals, but there's not that much about computers and computers are everywhere around them, right? So Mm -hmm. it's like kids need to understand that part of the reality that it's around them. Right. Yeah, and and like you said, Miriam, you thought when you were a kid that computers computers were boring and gray, just that yes, almost almost a little bit scary. Now, I mean, with kids using tablets and and those types of things it starts to feel maybe a, a, a little more hands-on and, and touchy-feely or emotional, but yeah. But but the moment they start using some complex software or things like that, they might just shut off and say, I just want to play games again. Exactly. I, I looked around and I, that was the seed from which everything grew for Therus Anona was that right. technology is everywhere right now, but mm-hmm. and our kids feel naturally attracted to it. Mm-hmm. But as consumers, very mm-hmm. few see themselves as creators of technology. Right on. And I normally say like understanding computers is a superpower <laughs> and we as parents and teachers, we need to be able to communicate that to them. It's not anymore about using the technology, but knowing that there was a human behind that technology actually building it for you. Right. Yeah. yeah. And then giving that information to our children when they are little, especially when they're little, I think, because most kids, they start building their reality from books, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you've had a kid, you know, or in your audience, every educator knows, like in the beginning, it's those tiny pieces of a big puzzle, right? Mm. And books help them, right? Yeah. So that was my idea, initial idea, how to get that parent with the kid in bed. But it turns out, like as a surprise, many educators are also using it in their classrooms to introduce the ideas. So for example, the first title that was published last year, it's called Therus Gets a Virus. And it is a story about online safety. Yeah. In which Therus is infected by a virus and Mona takes him on a trip to find uh, a cure for him around the computer. Mm -hmm. And they visit the email, they visit the search engine, right? And, And then throughout the story, children will learn some of the key internet safety issues to be safe online. They come up with questions, which is at the end what we want, right? To get them engaged. Exactly. Them guiding the conversation. And we as parents or teachers supporting, right? That learning. That's how I see it. And it comes with a parent and educator's guide to help you frame the conversation. And it can be read also by your older kids. So win-win there. And then the, there's a new title. I'm excited because it's coming out this week. 
as we are as we are recording this. Mm-hmm. And it's called Welcome to Our World. This one is a slightly different format, Chris, because okay. originally it is designed as a board book. So it's like you could say the pre-sequel kind of. So your little ones can tear the pages apart when they're <laughs> little. If you've been there, you know what I'm talking about. I, I know exactly and, what you uh, mean, Miriam. <laughs> so the text is shorter and it is written in the form of a poem, which turns into a song. And oh, wow. here's how it works. So first, you read the book with your children. Mm-hmm. Some friends of Therus and Ona, and they learn about zeros and ones and how they all live inside your computer, these bits. And then we learn that the story is also a song, and we sing it, and we dance to it. And then ah. last, when we tell them, but did you know that they use code to play the music? So I've, I've worked together with a live coding musician to to just include some of the pieces in the music, in the melody with some coding. Wow. And then you just say, hey, let's see how they do that. And you visit the web that comes with the book, mm-hmm. you download the code, and then you play with the activities, which is like the first ones are really, really simple, like mm-hmm. toddler. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, at this moment, kids are already into it, right? And That's they awesome. just discover coding, you know, which is this big yeah. thing sometimes. Yeah. You just make it super accessible, super hands-on, just there, you know, anyone can do it. You mm-hmm. know, you just need a computer, download the code, then you start changing some numbers into your code and they start gaining superpowers. That's awesome. I'm shocked, Miriam. I mean, that that sounds so cool because not only do you have kids, you know, reading and hearing a story, whether they can, you know, they're old enough to be able to read the words or not, but but to engage with that, and then to engage music, and then to engage dance and song, and then to engage coding. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many, so many educators are are doing their best to try to figure out ways to make coding. You know, like you said, not just that that rote thing that we do. That computer science. I mean, really, kind of like a little bit of you said. Your your husband is is this computer scientist, and and kids can get that that wrong impression that yes, I'm going to program. I'm just going to type. I'm going to you know do all those things, but a whole other aspect of that coding that unlocks potential in our world. So that sounds very cool. I'm very excited. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see the reaction in people yeah. and especially little ones to, oh. to get the song and uh, yeah, yeah, interact that's, with them. That's great. And again, there's going to be more more books in that series coming out. And again, you can find mm-hmm. out all about them at zerusandona.com. And again, you can find uh, those those extra resources that go along with the the book there as well. So um, very cool, uh, Miriam. If I can if I can ask you you know a couple other questions as we keep talking about uh, this idea of yes. making making STEM very uh, connected to uh, to the real world to to relevance. What what kind of things do you see as as really important as we as we look at STEM education going forward? Here's the thing that. I'm very passionate about finding unexpected relationships between technology and the world around us. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm very much of the idea that we need to integrate, call it coding, call it computing, however you want to call it, into every other subject that yeah. kids are learning because it's part of their culture, right? Mm-hmm. So technology is everywhere right now. Mm-hmm. and computers in any form are becoming a big part of our culture and our children are growing up surrounded by them. Yeah. And I don't see that these days it's not anymore about 
whether you want to follow a career into computer science or not. But right. the options are much broader. Here, I want to tell a story. And I remember when I started working in tech, it was so different than anything that I had done before, Chris. Mm -hmm. In architecture, I went to college and then I finished my career and then I was like, okay, let's look for a job as an architect, right? right. And you could just choose between a range of different jobs, you could say. Mm -hmm. But in that case, for me, it was like, okay, this time I really want to work on something that I care about very deeply, right? And I started right. asking myself in which industry I wanted to work. Mm -hmm. And for me at that time, I really liked education. And I gotcha. think you can relate to this. Yeah. <laughs> and I only looked for jobs in education. Mm -hmm. I remember typing on my Google, like, okay, jobs, Amsterdam, education, because I think that was fascinating for me. That okay. approach into job search, you don't get that with anything. And that's why I'm very much into how can you actually go for one of your passions, just kind of bring technology into it? How can it support you? I think mm -hmm. that's the future of technology education, intertwined, you know, technology into any of your other passions. Exactly. And, and you hit right on it, Miriam. That's what we need to be doing as educators, as parents, with our kids, helping them connect what it is that, that excites them, what kind of things that they love doing. If they have five minutes of spare time and they could do anything, what would it be? And find ways to show kids that that connects to STEM connects yeah. to whatever types of subjects that they're learning about uh, in school. Yeah. And I think it's becoming easier, right? Every day mm -hmm. to find examples that connect with, mm -hmm. with our children's interests. Right. Because you have examples in fashion. Mm -hmm. You have examples in arts. You have examples of people working with animals. Yeah, it's everywhere. And, and that it's just such a great opportunity for educators to just find those resources and, and yes. make them available to our kids. Yes. There's another reason why I use illustration and storytelling to teach kids about computers. And that's because they are two of the things that I loved when I was little. And it creates that connection, right? So right. when learning something new, the vehicle we use really becomes to communicate our ideas, right? The vehicle yeah. we use becomes as important as the topic that we are trying to teach. And right. it enables us to reach our kids and create that emotional connection. Mm -hmm. and, and so us as educators, uh, if you're listening today, remember, you need to find those ways, those stories, those those opportunities to, to connect the education that we're giving in our classrooms, the education that we're doing with our kids at home with those things that our kids uh, love hearing about. So that's awesome, Miriam. Yeah. Um, I want to say also as well to, to help people with that, right? Like mm -hmm. the question are what is that your child already loves mm -hmm. and then go out there do some research and I can tell you from inside the industry people are looking forward to help you know like if mm -hmm. you find someone working in that field you know let it be whatever I'm sure you can get out there connect with that person you know because I think for kids it is important the exposure that we give them right and mm -hmm. Role models are important. And if you, with eight-year-old, meet X person working in X job, it can change your life forever. It I can. truly believe that, right? So uh, yeah. people yep. are really open to that. They are. And especially um, hearing that from you, Miriam, who who has been an architect. And, you know, like you said, your husband is, is in computer science. Um, so so you're, you're speaking from that, that inside aspect, that there are those people 
uh, doing those those amazing jobs of of all different types, and and they do. They want to to share and encourage that next generation to to rise up and do the things that they are passionate about. And and I think I think educators also realize now that you don't have to have that person come into your classroom because you can just connect on a Zoom. You can connect on a Google Meet and and bring a person from anywhere in the world right there into your classroom. So. That's one thing that we learned from the past months. <laughs> that's, yes, that's that's definitely one thing. So if there's something. Yes, if there's something good. So, Miriam, I'd also love to ask you uh, if you could if you could sit down with somebody from STEM, past or present, and just um, just talk about about all sorts of uh, interesting things. Who, do you know who that would be? I'd love to meet with Ada Lovelace, but oh, yeah. here's why. So Maria Popova wrote an article on her site brainpickings.org. Mm-hmm. about a children's book on the life of Ada Lovelace. Mm-hmm. And the book is called Point of Science. People want to search for it. I'll, I'll, put and, that, I'll put that link in the show notes. Don't worry. Yes. And, uh, well, that's where I learned that Ada Lovelace, a great amount of her work with two toddlers and a baby in the crib at home. Wow. I didn't know that part. I, I didn't know that either. And when I read that, I said, like, talk to her from mom to mom. <laughs> because the majority of work that you'll see out there about Therese Anona up until this point have been done either very early in the morning during yeah. my baby's nap times. Yeah. And I, I, I'd love to hear more about her daily routines and any productivity <laughs> hack to make dreams come true, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, and you know what, those, again, just like you've been talking about this whole episode today, Miriam, and, and it's been great talking with, with you today, Miriam. Um, and again, I can't recommend enough that people check out uh, those books and the resource available at zerusandona.com. But everything that you've talked about today about just being able to sit down and, and share experiences with, with Ada Lovelace, if you could do that, that's exactly what, what all of us need to do. And especially those kids to be able to, to share those experiences uh, with someone that, that, um, that, that understands us. Yeah, yeah, that's all what we need. That's all we need. That's connection cool. more yes. than ever. Any, any other last thoughts, Miriam, uh, today with us? If you want to know more about Therusa Nona, you can sign up for the newsletter at therusanona.com slash dailystem. I prepared a gift for everyone listening with a PDF featuring some of the stories in the ABC of Computers that's series. Awesome. And that's a free series. Every two weeks, I send out an email featuring mm-hmm. a new short story with unplugged games to help children learn about computers and build up their knowledge week by week, you could say. That's you can awesome. also connect with me on Twitter at Miriam Tocino and at Ferusanona, or send me an email at Miriam at I'd that's, love to connect. And if awesome. you want to find out more about the books, visit the website. You said it, Chris, Ferusanona.com, yeah. yeah. or look for them on Amazon. They're also on, uh, there. That's and, awesome. Uh, I hope to see you all soon in the binary world. Yeah, exactly. And and uh, and just uh, one last question, Miriam. I mean, these kids are these books are really written for for kids in in all those those younger ages, right? Well, uh, I'm a little bit uh, hesitant always with that question, Chris, because yep, me too. I don't, I don't, I don't like asking it either because because I think <laughs> I think we can all learn from from any age yes. books. So yes. Yes, and here, short story, I went to a conference last February before all this started, and mm-hmm. uh, I was selling my books and signing, doing a session there. Mm-hmm. And then every time that a new person uh, came to me, I would ask, like, what's the name of the kid, right? Mm-hmm. And then at some point, I stopped making that question 
because mm -hmm. many people didn't want the book for any kid, right? Uh, yep. said, okay, so here it is. I have kids from three years old, two years old, you know, enjoying the mm -hmm. illustrations because yep. the picture books are highly illustrated. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. One of the things that I try to do is like, look, from now on, there's no kid that thinks that computers is a black. And then I also have kids with eight, nine years old, first readers, you know, like mm -hmm. starting to, to just read it all by themselves. I have also girls, teenagers, and then I have these software developers, you know, which were like 30, you know, really. So, <laughs> Everybody. Uh, Everybody, Chris. It's a little... Yeah, that's that's why you're hesitant to pick a particular age. I I, I certainly get it. So yeah, Th thank you, Miriam. Um, again, definitely check out Zerus and Ona.com. Again, all the information is in the show notes as well. And if you want that that free download and and sign up for the the, the newsletter, uh, Zerus and Ona.com slash Daily STEM and and uh, Miriam will, will hook you up with all the great information. And and again, I I just think uh, even hearing your passion today. Uh, not just as an educator, not just as an architect, uh, not just as an author, uh, but really your your heart, Miriam, today as as a parent, as, as knowing how important it is for us, anyone to be educating that next generation, whether they're the kids in our home or they're the kids in our classroom, it is so important to help them uh, start out right and have that uh, great uh, emotional, positive connection with with technology, with STEM. Uh, with all those different things, as opposed to really just um, maybe being, being a little bit nervous or a little bit scared or a little bit hands off. So I, I really appreciate what you're doing, Miriam, and and thank you for for uh, the hard work that you're doing when writing these books. So thank you so much, Chris, for this opportunity and giving me today on the show. Yep. Thank so, you so much. And thanks again for listening, everyone, today. And remember, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast app and please leave a review so more educators find out about all the great people on the episodes, uh, just like Miriam today. If you need to connect with me, head to dailystem.com or at dailystem on any social media. And we'll talk to you again next time and keep up the great work, educators. <laughs> <laughs>